I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Generally speaking, if you were looking for a feel-good story last year, you would not have found it in an airport. 2021, after all, was the year when road rage took flight, quite literally. The year that passengers outraged over mask mandates sometimes vented their anger by physically assaulting ticket agents. The year when at least one group of flight attendants had to ensure their plane's safe landing by strapping an unruly traveler to his seat. The year people all over the world missed long-anticipated reunions with loved ones due to the so-called flight bear before Christmas, as thousands upon thousands of planes were grounded due to the rapid spread of the Omicron variant. In the midst of all of this, it came as a pleasant surprise, I will admit, when I read about one Jack Littlejohn, a young man who, upon apparently finding his virgin Atlantic flight from New York to London delayed a bit, spent the extra time not throwing a fit at airline employees, but getting to know an older passenger named Violet. Violet is a retired nurse from the UK who saves her money carefully so that she can fly to New York every so often to visit her daughter. Jack is a person of privilege who was flying first class. On a whim, Jack says, he decided to switch seats with Violet. She moved to the plane's upper cabin, where she enjoyed heated towels, complimentary champagne, and a recliner that doubles as a bed. Jack, meanwhile, settled himself in coach, where he spent the duration of the flight seated next to the toilets. Photographs taken by airline employees show Jack beaming broadly, if a bit self-consciously, on realizing just what his random act of kindness had meant to 88-year-old Violet. Like the wise men, or as we sometimes call them, the magi, like the wise men in this morning's gospel reading, Jack Littlejohn went home by another way. When his travel plans did not go as he had expected, he dared to embrace another possibility, 
a possibility many would deem unwise, if not downright stupid. A possibility, though, that took an unpleasant, unbidden experience and turned it into an occasion for joy. You know, we often refer to the wise men as kings, though they were probably something like ancient astrologers. If Matthew's story is any indication, more than anything else, they were dreamers. They were dreamers. People who took heed of a strange warning that came to them in their sleep. People who rejected collusion with the powers that be, putting their trust instead in this wild star zigzagging this way and that. People who, despite having spent time in the presence of profound terror, were still capable of being overwhelmed by joy. People who, having received an edict to betray, instead followed an impulse to trust. This is such a, a rich, evocative story, this story of the wise men. It's a story that has almost limitless implications for our lives as followers of Jesus. What strikes me most about this story today, though, is its reminder that our vocation, our calling, our mission as the people of God is not to be foot soldiers for the practical, the powerful, the reasonable, or the expedient. Our calling as the people of God is not to be those who simply resign ourselves to following the loudest voices, the best laid plans, the conventional wisdom, or the surefire path to safety and success. Rather, our calling as the people of God is to be dreamers. Our calling as the people of God is to be dreamers, people who, when confronted by dangers and difficulties beyond anything we ever could have imagined, respond not by colluding, albeit intentionally, not by colluding with the forces of evil and oppression, or by falling prey to the natural human tendency for cynicism and despair, but rather our calling when faced by extreme danger and difficulty is to look to the stars, to look to the stars and to listen to our dreams, to listen to God's dreams for our lives and for our world. For almost two years now, you and I, 
all of us and all our world have been on an incredibly difficult journey, a journey not at all of our own choosing, a journey so painful and so arduous that at times many of us have thought about giving up. Pretty much all of us want desperately to go home, to return to a place where we have some sense of security and well-being. But we have not been able to get there, not finally, not yet. Often the only antidote for our homesickness, at least for my homesickness, often the only antidote for our homesickness seems to lie in seeking our own self-fulfillment, in pursuing our own comfort and prosperity, even when it conflicts with those of others. Problem is, of course, as our Christian faith reminds us, this is a dead end. This is a dead end. Nonetheless, we are not without options. Like the wise men in this morning's gospel lesson, and yes, like Jack Little John, you and I can go home by another way. We can go home by the way of abandoning the pursuit of power and domination in order to follow that one wild star that's guiding us along a gentler, more loving path. We can go home the way of seeing disruptions in our lives, not as obstacles to make us bitter, but as opportunities to connect with others in new and deeper ways. Opportunities when we ourselves are feeling trapped to help show others the road to freedom. Jim Wallace tells a wonderful story about the late Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Back in the time of apartheid, when Tutu was preaching in the cathedral in Cape Town, the dreaded South African security police came in and threatened to arrest Tutu if he continued to speak. While clearly any reasonable person would have either shut up immediately or gone on and surrendered himself to the authorities, Tutu decided instead to try to engage his would-be captors. With a smile on his face and that famous twinkle in his eyes, he told the police boldly yet genuinely, quote, since you have already lost, I invite you right now to come over and join the winning side. 
since you have already lost. I invite you right now to come over and join the winning side. The response of the congregation gathered in the cathedral was electric, Wallace says. Whereas before, people at the service had been hutched anxiously in their seats, dreading what they were sure was going to happen. Once Archbishop Tutu addressed the officers, worshipers literally jumped to their feet and started singing and dancing. They sang and danced their way right out of that cathedral and into the streets where police reinforcements gathered outside actually retreated to give them more room to celebrate. You see, Archbishop Tutu was not trapped, as it turned out. He was not trapped at all. Jack Littlejohn was not trapped, though he did spend a long time in a rather uncomfortable seat. You and I are not trapped either. There are always other options, other options to being miserable in the current darkness, options that will give us an out from being swept up by all the violence, scheming, oppression, and degradation that mar our world these days. There is the option to love. There is the option to trust. There is the option to switch seats, either literally or figuratively. There's the option to extend an olive branch to an enemy. There is the option to pay attention to a crazy dream. There is the opportunity to dance. You see, we too can go home by another way. Amen. <laughs>